we're on this series, Win the Day, and 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 it's been, you know, it, it's been such a great series. Have you have you been enjoying it? Man, it's been so good. And so we we, you know, after the series, we'll go back home and, and when he preaches, he'll we'll talk about it. And I was sharing with him how God had been speaking to me in the beginning of the year. By the way, I'm Pastor Annette. Um, I'm the executive pastor here at church at the bridge. And and how God has been speaking me, speaking to me through this, through this whole series. And what he's been speaking to me, I'm gonna share with you today. Because I want to encourage you, because how many of you want to win the day? Come on. All right, like, right? some of you want to win. All right, how many of you want to win the week? All right, that'd be, that'd, be, that'd be awesome, right? How many of you want to win the month? Come on, you. All right, those are my overachievers. Now, how many of you want to win the year? Right, amen. So, so, so in order to do that, we got to give you the tools from God's word to do that because you're not going to win the day without God. And you're not going to win the, the, the week without the Lord. And you're definitely not going to win the month without him or the year. But if you go to God and you trust him, you're going to win like you've never seen yourself win before. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today I want to encourage you. And I'm going to start off with a scripture. This is how you win the day. Now, here at Church at the Bridge, I know there's a lot of new people here today. And maybe you're watching online. And, and, and maybe you've been used to people giving you their opinion. Well, I don't have an opinion. I have God's word to share with you because you don't need anybody's opinion because opinions, we've been there, done that. Anybody been there, done that? Right? Sometimes it gets us into messes. What we need is God's word that's going to propel us and show us how to walk this life. Now, just the fact that you are here this morning, I know that you want to win the day because you came. You could have been anywhere else doing anything else, but you came to the house of the Lord to hear what the Spirit of the Lord wants to speak to your heart this morning. So say right now, I have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord will speak to me. Well, he speaks to me. He's going to speak to you this morning. So the scripture I want to start off with is John 3, 30. And this is what it says. It's right there behind me. It says, he must become what? And, and I must become? Wow. Now, right there, that is, is counter what this world says. This world says, I must become greater and greater. And everything else, and, and especially not God. Oh, no, not God. But I must. And God says, no, I must become greater and greater. And, and everything else must become less and less. Today's topic is less is more. Less is more. If we're going to talk about winning the day, then you must consider what are you filling your day with? Now, I'm going to challenge you a lot, and it's not going to be even be me. It's the Spirit of the Lord because he wants you to see some things, not to condemn you, but to help you change some things around. Because if you said, I want to win the day, and that's you, then how many of you know it takes change? It takes uh, you thinking differently. Think, you know, your perspective has to be different, right? So what are you filling your day with? Because many... They live their lives, and this is what it consists of, wanting more, more things, more people, more money, more time, more problems, more this, right? More, more, more. And you keep filling yourself with more. It reminds me of Pac-Man. Remember Pac-Man? 
Anybody used to like Miss Pac-Man was my game. Now, I'm dating myself, but I used to go downstairs to the bodega. Remember that? In the city. Any city people from here, right? Right? I used to go get that quarter, go downstairs, be like, ah, play Miss Pac-Man. And, you know, and you, when you watch it, it's all it does right? Consuming everything. That's why they call us consumers. The world loves consumers, and you, and, and I'm going to say you, when I say you, I mean people, they love giving up their money, their time, their resources to consume. And the next thing you know, you're so filled with stuff that you don't even know how you got there. Matter of fact, there's many storage places in business because too many people got too much stuff. But I'm not going to meddle in your business today, okay? All right, let's keep it moving, right? So the world calls us consumers, and yet the only thing that we really need more of is Jesus and less of everything else. Now, there's reasons why less is more, and I'm going to show that to you from the Word. Matthew 6, 24, and if, if you're here, and write that down for yourself. And we have an app that you can use, that you can follow, and the Word of God is there. You can go back and listen to it, because I promise you, you go back and listen. You're going to hear some things, and God's going to continue to speak to you. So don't just hear it once, because the Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word. So Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one, and you're going to love the other, and you will be devoted to one and despise the other. Listen, whatever you fill your life with the most becomes master over you. Now let's think about that. Whatever I'm filling myself up with, that eventually is going to lead my life. And my life is going to start going that way because the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he in this world. So whatever you start feeling, you start filling yourself with doubt and doubt and doubt, you're going to end up, you know, with the messes that you keep thinking about, with fear, anxiety, all these things, and you're going to end up with them. So the less you have of everything else, and Jesus becomes your Lord and your master, right, the more you will have of him. Because more is not about things, the world wants you to believe that, that more, you have more things, you have more status. You have more money, the better off you are. There are people with a lot of money and a lot of problems. There are people with a little bit of money and a little bit of problems. You see, it, it all depends on your thinking, your perspective, right? More is not about things. More is about him. It's about the Lord. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a quick story. This is not my main Bible story, but when I was writing this down, the Lord had showed me this, and I want to share this with you. You know, we see this in the, in the story of the prodigal son. Anybody ever read that story? You know, you, you know, I don't know if you've ever gone into the Bible, so maybe some of you here, you've never opened it up. I'm telling you, it is better than any telenovela. These telenovelas, you know, these novels, these, these like all my children and all that, the, the Bible is way better than all that. All right, so if you never read it, I, I encourage you, go to Luke 15 and read this story. It's amazing. And it's a story of two brothers in their father's house, right? And yet, as, as we're going to see in the story, they're in the father's house, and none of them, not, neither of them, they, they don't see what they have in the father's house. The one brother, he wants all in his, his inheritance. And he goes to his father. He says, I want everything that, that belongs to me. The father hadn't even, he didn't, he didn't even die yet. He wants it because he's perceiving that he's missing something. 
He goes out looking for it. His, his father, man, this is a great father because he gives it to him. And what happens? The boy ends up losing it all. And he finds himself with nothing. And then one day he finally comes to his senses. And he remembers what he had in his father's house. So he decides, I'm going back. And when he goes back, he goes back with less, but he gets more. Even though he squandered it. The father throws him a party. Imagine you, your children, you give them everything, and they go out and they spend it all. You come back, you throw a party? No, if I know anybody, see, I know a Puerto Rican mom, she would take the chancleta and forget about it. The sandu, right? And you would have been like, oh, I'm never doing that again, <laughs> right? But the father throws him a party. And then the other brother, when the father throws the, the brother that squandered everything a party, he doesn't like that. And he tells his father this, watch this, Luke 15, verses 28 through 31. The older brother was very angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet this son of yours, not even his brother, this son of yours, comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes and you celebrate by killing the fattened calf? His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. Now the older brother felt a certain type of way, didn't he? Come on. And it happens today. He was looking for more, busy trying to work for more. But what the older brother didn't realize was that what seemed like less was more because he had it all. In the father's house, he had everything. See, the, the thing about it is when you don't know who you are and you don't know whose you are, you don't know what you have. I'm going to say that again. When you don't know who you are, he didn't know that he was a son in the house and you don't know whose you are, you don't know your daddy then you don't know what you have. Come on. So in the father's house, he's still operating out of this earth's curse system. This system in this world is a cursed one. It's one of toil. It's one of sweat. It's one that never satisfies. You're never going to get enough. You'll never have enough. You're always going to strive for more. But as a believer, any believers in, of God? See, as a believer, you are no longer part of this world system. And that's what I'm teaching you today about, how to stop operating out of that more consumer mentality and start operating out of God's system and his way of doing things, all right? Because his way is higher, it is different, it is greater, right? And I don't want to get ahead of myself. I get so excited with the word of God. Can you tell? <laughs> So he, he's, he's still toiling, trying to get. But in his father's house, he has everything he needs. See, when we go looking for more, we drift away from the truth that we already have it. God, you know what God is doing? God is calling all of us. He's calling the people in this world to come back, to believe in him, and receive our place in his family. And it may, hard for you, it may be hard for you to believe that, that you are a chosen child of God, of the chosen child of the king, because you know what you've done. You know, you've known the things that you've done in your past. And, and, and let me tell you, sometimes we're so good at, at, at just con condemning ourselves. But how you feel doesn't change the truth of who you are.
How you feel about yourself doesn't change what Christ has done for you. And once you receive that, you have been chosen into the family of God. See, we walk by faith, not by sight. And faith is not a feeling. Let me tell you, you're not going to feel it. Because if we go by our feelings, forget about it, right? It is a choice to believe and receive from God. It is a choice to believe and receive from God. So can you imagine right now having more in your life because you have less? Makes no sense, right, to this world. But let me show you in this, in this, in this story that I'm going to read. So the widow with the empty jars. So in 2 Kings, it records the story of Elisha. He was a prophet, right? He's one that spoke, you know, to the people for God. And there was a widow. And Elijah was called by God and was anointed with oil, and oil being a symbol of being set apart by Elijah to be the prophet to succeed him. So Elisha was obedient to God's call, and he left everything behind, following Elijah faithfully. Now, Elisha, he understood that less was more. You know why? You know what he did? When he received God's call, he said, okay. He burned all the plows that he had worked with. What he did with all the animals, the oxen he had, he took it, he cooked it, he gave it away to everyone, and he gave away everything that he had. You see, Elijah understood, and this is what he was saying. By doing this, he was demonstrating his absolute commitment to follow Elijah and God. He wasn't going back. He burned everything behind him. He left it all because I'm following God. Now, I can relate. We can relate to this story because been there, done that. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to share this, not share these stories and, and, and not share where we have been. Where was a time where God, we lived in the city. And, 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 you know, we moved up here and we were doing great in the city. I mean, we had great jobs, making good money. And then I, did, I was like, Lord, I feel like, you know, we, it's time for us to move. And I remember when it was, I was looking for a job up here before I, got, I went into ministry full time. Uh, my jobs, the both jobs, this one, they hired me up here and the one in the city, they had a bidding war for me. I was like, that feels good. And they're like, we'll give you a $3,000 to stay. And then the other one's like, well, we'll give you $5,000 to stay. I was like, whoa, it's getting good. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. But eventually, I knew what God, I knew what was in my heart. And it was time for me to go. Sometimes you got to leave some things behind. It looks like I left $5,000 on the table. It looks like, but I gained much more in the long run. Come on. Come on. <laughs> much more. See, I, you can't let money be your master. Because if you let your money be your master, then it's going to take you places where God never called you. Somebody needed to hear that. That was for me. Amen. Okay. <laughs> so he left it all behind. So then one day, Elijah had an encounter with a widow. Her husband who served Elijah, he had died. And now the creditors were coming. They were coming. So she goes to Elijah for help. So let's, let's read our Second Kings 4. Chapter 1 through 7. You can bring that for me. Yep. So I'm going to give you a little visual, right? So the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah. She said, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys and his slaves. He cried out to Elijah, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know how he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys and his slave. And Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? 
Tell me what you what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. And Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, uh, put it to one side. She left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her sons, bring me another one. But he replied, there is, there's, uh, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. When she went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts, you and your sons can live on what is left. So what can we learn from this story? Because you got to read these Bible stories and say, what can I learn, God? What are you trying to speak to me? Well, one of the first things that I want to show you that we can learn is doing what God says um, often doesn't make sense and often will make you uncomfortable. Imagine if God told you, right, the solution to your epic mountain of a problem was to go collect empty jars from your neighbors. Imagine that. I'm pretty sure you would think twice about that. It doesn't make sense. God, why would I go to my, I have this issue, this, and, and you want me to go get an empty jar? That, does that make any sense to you? How, how, what can you do with an empty jar? Well, you know what? When God instructs, it might not make sense in the natural, but you got to remember his thoughts and, and his ways are higher and they're greater. And, and, and the last thing that I checked with God, God is not concerned if it makes sense to you. Because guess what? It makes perfect sense to him. The question is, will you follow his instructions? The instructions to me was, and to my husband, that we were going to leave. I, I remember when, when it was time for us to start the church, and, and we had felt it, and we were, in a, we were in ministry. We were doing great. I mean, we had many teenagers. I hear one of them is here today. I got to find you, Kyle. Where are you, Kyle? Hi. Oh, my God. Hi, Kyle. Right? <laughs> Give me some. So awesome that you came. I didn't mean to shout you out, but I love you. Anyway, so we had a great, we were doing great ministry, but we had something in our hearts. God was stirring something in our heart. Nothing was wrong. Nothing was happening that was wrong. It's just that God was changing us. He was moving us. There was something that God had called us to, and we had to make a decision. And it didn't make sense because how, why would we both leave the place where we're both getting paid from? Why would we both leave our, you know, all the financial stability and everything? We had kids, our kids in college. We had a house, a dog, no cats. I don't like cats, but anyway. Uh, you know, we had all these, sorry, cat lovers love you. But, you know, all these things to pay for and do. And it didn't make sense. But God, but God. So what we did, we said, okay, and we stepped out in faith. Now, I'm not going to tell you it wasn't scary. Because it was, we were shaking in our boots. I mean, we got up the next morning after everything, and we said, what did we just do? What did we just do? Because God had told us to do it, and what it meant was just like Elijah. We, Elijah, we had to burn our plows, and we couldn't look back. And there were times in our heart where we wanted to, yeah, let's go back. We don't know what we're doing. But I mean, when we started the church, we didn't even have a pen. And I mean, 
me cry one day. <laughs> I was like, I don't even have a pen. Like, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> like, we had many pens where we were before. And it seems silly, right? <laughs> but I was like, Pastor Jose, like, what do I write with? Like, you use a pen. I'm like, no, we don't have a church pen. But that's what I was thinking because I, I, I was missing what was from before, but God had called us to go forward, right? And it didn't make sense because we were doing great and we had teenagers. Diamond was another one. We had teenagers that we were with and, and we were pouring and everything was going great, but, but God. And sometimes it's going to make you uncomfortable and you got to be okay with uncomfortable because too many of us are too comfortable in the situations that we're in. We're too comfortable there. We're too comfortable. And God says, I got to move you out of that place, right? Psalm 32a says, and I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. He's going to teach you. He's going to show you the way that you should go. You should never be going places that God didn't call you to. We get this all the time. Oh, pastor, we're going to go because of a job. Oh, we're going to go because of this. And I'm like, and me, I go, you're going because God told you, right? You're not going because an employer or because this. You're going because God himself told you that that's where you need to go. Okay? If we're going to get God's results, we must follow God's instructions. So second, let me go back to that. Second Kings 4, he, you know, that poor, he tells uh, Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. You know, the, 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 the instructions were simple, but it didn't make sense. Then go inside, shut the door behind your, your sons, pour the oil into the jars, and as each is filled, put it to the side. Why the jar of oil? You think of the Bible that way. You've got to look at it and ask why. What did the woman understand and know? And why did the prophet instruct her to collect the empty jars? Shouldn't he have told her to go ask your neighbors for jars of oil? Ooh, I, I see y'all looking at me like, ooh, yeah. See, better than a telenovela. I'm telling you, better than those little novels y'all be watching or those reality shows. Come on. The widow says, I have one small jar of oil, yet she's instructed that the little that she had, pour it out. Pour it out. That doesn't make, that's all I got, God. And you're asking me to pour it out? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because it brings me to my next point. God will provide the oil if you provide the jars. James 1.17 says this, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. See, God is a good Father wanting to give you more. And most people, they want more, but they don't want to do what more requires. More requires less of you, of what you want, and more of what God wants. The story, listen, the story could have been so dynamic if we would have wrote it and been like, and, and Elijah and the story, she would have came to me and said, Elijah, 
I need to, I gotta go back to my acting days when I, Elijah, I need oil, I need something, cause my, you know, the creditors are coming. He goes, don't worry, I got you. And the S comes down on his chest and bam! Oil is everywhere, she has everything, but that's not how it happened. But that's how we want it to happen. Woo, that was Holy Spirit. I didn't have that in my notes, amen. Right? Let me go back to that. He wants to give you more. People are not willing to do more. They, they, they want a snap of the finger for it to happen. But notice what Elijah asked her. How can I help you? And then he asked her, what, to, um, what do you have in your house? See, most people don't want help. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. Most people don't want the help. They, they want it to be done for them. See, winning the day doesn't mean that we sit around and wait for God to do everything. You must give God something to work with. Re remember when you was a child and, 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 you know, your whole world was your parents? You know, you know nothing else but your parents. I think about my grandkids, right? They, their world is us. We are the providers of everything for our grandchildren. And let me tell you, my grandson, he's smart. The, the, my granddaughter, she's two. She's starting to get there. But my grandson, he's three. And let me tell you, he understands. So if he wants to um, get something, he wants somebody to buy something, he goes to Pop-Pop. Pop-Pop, I want, because he knows Pop-Pop will get him anything and everything. We have to stop Pop-Pop from getting everything. If, if he wants to go out to have breakfast and go to Target, he goes to Titi. Because Titi will take him out to eat and do that. If he, if he wants to just chill and watch videos, he goes to Daddy. Right? And if he wants food and uh, basic necessities, go to Mom. Because she provides all the basic necessities, right? But then it, it, Nani, that's me, I'm like the last resort, but I'm the comforter. I'm the, oh, come here, come here. And then it's like, what do you want, kid? I'll give you anything right now. <laughs> right? So, but he knows and he relies totally on us, that both of them. They know that we're their world. We know that everything that they need is provided for, and they come to us for everything. Well, that's the same way it should be with your father. Right? Because, listen, everlasting life and everything that pertains to life has been given as a gift from the Father. You know what is our gift back to him? Our trust. Everlasting life is our gift from God. Trust is our gift to God. Do you trust him with your jar? Do you trust him even with the little that you have? Today the Lord is asking you, how can I help you? What do you have in your house? And when we talk about the house, we talk about the house of your heart. Because if your heart is filled with so many other things, then how can he fill your jar? We tend to do that. He told her, pour out what you have. Let me pour in what I have. The next point I want to bring you to is 
Stop looking for temporary fixes and seek the eternal one. I want to revisit a question that I asked earlier. Why did the woman choose the jar with oil when asked what did she have? Now let's think about that because she's in a house, she has a house. Now most of you, you know, you think a house, you think it's filled with some stuff, right? It has to have some type of furniture in it. It probably has some, some, you know, some things in it. But I, I, I was writing this down, and I remember what the lady said. She said, the woman said she had nothing there at all. Why did the woman say that? I thought about some scenarios. Maybe it's because she already spent everything she had trying to fix her problem. Sometimes we do that. We go to everybody and everything and we try to fix it and we try to make it happen and we exhaust all our resources and we try and it doesn't get fixed and it doesn't get solved. Why? Because we're trying to do it on our own strength. And next thing you know, we find ourselves with nothing. And worse than we started. Or maybe she understood that I have stuff in my house. I have this couch I could sell. I have that painting right there. You know, I could, I could phone my friend over there. I, I have these things. I, I, I can do it. But maybe, just maybe, she understood that those things are temporary. And that it wasn't going to last. Because even though I have all these things, see, these things don't go with me. These things pass away. But the Lord will never pass away. And what I need is an eternal fix to my situation. I don't need a temporary fix. And some of us in the house and those watching, we tend to do that. We tend to go to the temporary because we want to bypass the eternal. And I'm telling you right now, you can't bypass the eternal because I'm telling you right now, you're going somewhere after this. And where you're going is up to you because God's already made the way. But it's up to you where you're going and how you're going to live this life now. Remember, he wants, to, he wants you to know, and if you receive them as your Lord and Savior, that you are part of his family. And that there is a place for you at the table. And that he has greater for you. But because you don't know who you are, and you don't know whose you are, and you don't know what you have in Christ... You tend to go to temporary things and find yourself worse off. God says today to you, how can I help you? How can I help you get rid of all the stuff you've, you've put in? And, and listen, you can fill in the blank for yourself. What have you filled in in place of God? Maybe it's that man. Now, again, I'm not meddling in your business. Maybe it's that woman you keep chasing. Maybe it's those, that money. Maybe, maybe it's those things, those children. Maybe it's your children. Your children have become your God. What is it that you're filling yourself with? And not allowing God to fill you. The woman understood the most valuable thing she had was the oil. Now, I, this one, right? Let me tell you something about the oil that came, 
that she had. It came from an olive tree. Now, you read the Bible and you miss the symbolism. You miss what it's telling you. And I didn't want you to miss this. Because the olive tree takes time to mature. Now, think about your own life. When you were younger and you're searching things and you don't know who you are, you, you fill yourself with a lot of things because you're trying to figure a lot of things out. But then there comes a day where you start like, nah, that, that person, not for me. Ah, those things are not for me. You step into a maturity. And I hope that's what you're doing as you're hearing the word of God. And I'm stepping into something where I'm starting to see God's word operating in my life. And I'm starting to see that, yeah, I got to let those things go. And I can't hang with the same people anymore because I know nah, there's no interest there, right? And the, and the olive tree, it takes time to mature and to bear fruit. And the Lord says in his word, he wants you to bear fruit that will last. But once that olive tree gets matured and bears fruit, man, they produce and live for hundreds of years. And because of the lifespan of the olive tree, the olive tree oil symbolizes prosperity, stability, joy, and health. Kings and priests were anointed with olive oil as a sign that they were set apart by God for his intended use and purposes. We see that um, as King David in the Bible was anointed. Let me just show you that scripture really quick. In 1 Samuel 16, 13, it says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Right? And as believers... Uh, and um, in Jesus, in Revelation um, chapter 1, verse 6, the first part of it, it tells us this. He, Jesus, uh, meaning Christ, has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. As kings and priests, we have been set apart also. You have been set apart also. You have been anointed also. Amen. I want you to get a picture of this because I don't want you to leave here today and not know who you are. You got to know who you are so the devil can stop messing around with you and your stuff. Amen? It doesn't have to take years and years to get what God has. It doesn't have to take a lifespan of, of you wanting and hoping and a wishing. You can stand in your authority of who God created you to be. You can speak to the mountain and it will be moved. Amen? Because you are anointed, you are appointed, you are set apart, and Christ is in you. Say, Christ is in me. He's the greater one on the inside of you. We just sang about it. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you. It's inside of you. You just, no one's told you this probably, and we've shared a lot here in Church at the Bridge, and no one's, no one's um, um, brought it across in a way where you can understand. You are not without hope. You are not without strength. You are not without courage. You are not without joy because Christ is in you. And when you are filled with Christ the Anointed One, I want to do something here, but can, can I just get that, Pastor Jose? I want to show you. What happens? Let me just put this here. I don't want to spill oil on. He won't like that. <laughs> when you are filled with Christ, here's the, here's the jar. 
Here's the empty jar. This is Christ. When you are filled with Christ, the anointed one, and that oil has been poured into you. And this is what the symbolism of what was happening. See what was happening? It was getting poured in. And she kept getting different, and they were all poured in. And it comes to the point in your life where that oil is going to pour and pour, and it's going to overflow out of your life unto others. And this is what God wants for you. And he keeps pouring, and he keeps pouring. See, but he can't pour if you're filled with other things. And he can't, be, he can't fill you because the word of God is what fills you. See, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is for his glory. It is for his honor. And, man, when you're filled with Christ, man, it overflows, and then people start coming around you, and you can't help but start pouring more into them. And what happens, it just keeps pouring and pouring and pouring. Come on. Come on. Can you stand to your feet? The only way, and this is what happened in the story. The only way the oil stopped flowing when there was nothing left to pour into. You know what that's a reminder to us of? Less is more. Stay fillable. Stay fillable. Don't, don't pack yourself up with stuff. Imagine me pouring a bunch of stuff. Then, you know, the oil can't it'll get in. It'll seep in. little bit of oil. You'll see remnants of the oil, but it won't be overflowing oil. God wants to fill your life. God has a great plan and a purpose for you. God wants to increase you more and more. And you know how you get there? By giving up, just get everything else out the way. You have less and less of everything else. I just want more and more of you, Christ. I just want to ooze you, Jesus. Everywhere I go, everybody I touch, everybody I meet, I just want to ooze Jesus. Because I want them to know that he has a plan and a purpose for their lives as well. I don't want to be filled with nothing else but you, Jesus. I don't want anything to take my time. I don't want anything to take my, 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 my um, everything that I have. I don't want Mike to consume me. I just want to be consumed with you. The Bible talks about uh, the kingdom. There's a kingdom on the inside of you. And the way of the kingdom is this. Ready? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. When you're flowing in that, when that's flowing, it's going to flow out of you. Righteousness, because you understand that you're in right standing with God. And once you understand that you're in right standing with God, peace starts flowing. Because God's not mad at me. God made a way for me. And then what happens when, you're, when you understand who you are and you're in right standing and that peace is flowing, joy is inevitable in your life. Man, that joy seeps out of you. Well, that's what God wants to do in you today. Now, I just wanted to give you a visual can you see yourself flowing this way? Can you stop the flow of the other stuff that's been hindering in your life? 
You can if you remain fillable. Guess what happened to the lady? She was set for life. She was set for life. Christ in you, you're set for life. You're not alone. You always have what you need. You'll always be filled with more. Do you believe that this morning? Let's give it up for a good father. Now, maybe there's someone here today or you're watching and maybe you're just saying, I, I didn't know all this. I didn't know that I, I could have this in Christ. I've been walking around with my, my life just trying to do me, just trying to make it on my own. Well, guess what? You don't have to make it on your own any longer. There's a God who loves you. He wants to fill you to overflow. He wants you to know who you are. He wants you to get that image from the world out of you. Maybe some of you, somebody here, you messed up before. Can I say something to you? It doesn't matter where you've been. What matters is where you're going. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.